spread the word. The JCPenney Friends and Family Sale is back. And this week, we're passing the savings on to you. Use your extra 30% off coupon to prep your home and style your family for Easter. That's extra savings on top of our great low prices. Plus, share your coupon with everyone you know and love. It's always better when we save together. JCPenney, make everybody count. Offer valid 311 through 317. Exclusions apply. See store or jcp.com for details. Thank you for joining us on Community Focus, where we look at the issues that matter in South Florida and the people and organizations that are making a difference. This year, we've been opening up conversations about racism, equality, and racial justice. And YWCA South Florida is actively working to overcome the biases that remain in American society. To tell us about their third annual Stand Against Racism 21-Day Challenge, I am so happy to welcome the president and CEO of YWCA South Florida, Carrie Ann Roys. Thank you for being here. I love talking to you. Thank you so much for having me. I appreciate it so much. Carrie Ann, tomorrow is the first day of YWCA's third annual 21-Day Stand Against Racism. What is the significance of April 4th as the first day of the challenge? Thank you so much again for having me. I really appreciate this platform. Uh, Tomorrow, April 4th, we kick off this Stand Against Racism Challenge. And honestly, we choose the month of April because February is Black History Month and it's a short month. March is Women's History Month. Mm -hmm. And we spend a lot of time really focusing on the issues of equity around gender. We wanted to make sure that in the month of April, which is a longer month, that we have the opportunity to really clear some space when we're going into the second quarter to allow us to all to come together as a community and spend time for 21 days learning new social justice habits, particularly around issues of race, power, advantage and leadership. And why 21 days? It has been studied and it has been noted many times in research that it takes 21 days to create new habits. And the premise is based on that, that you're going to clear space. We're going to clear space to deliberately spend time learning about issues that have oppressed or changed or affect people differently, beknownst or unbeknownst to us. So we understand what inequities and systemic racism looks like in the lives of those we love and those we share space with. And exactly what is going to take place during the 21 days? So each day in your inbox, well, not in your inbox if you don't choose, because this year we have an app. Hey! So you will have, yes, you will be able to download your app on your phone or your tablet. And every day you will have a new message of the day's challenge. And within that day, there are four weeks in the 21 days. There are no messages on the weekend. And each day for five days, you will receive either an article, a podcast, or some kind of reflective personal experience that will teach you about specific topics. There are four topics within the month that we're going to be focusing on this year. We like to lean into hard topics that divide us and hopefully educate us around the topics in ways that we can make more informed decisions around equity and recognize it in day-to-day life. Can you tell us the topics or do you need us to sign up and then we'll find out? (laughs) Oh, it could be a surprise, but I want everyone to be aware. This year, our four topics are the power of film and television, the importance of living wage, understanding reproductive justice, and what is critical race theory. Oh, wow. Those are heavy. Those are really heavy. Those are heavy. And that is 
I hope going to engage people in a lot of conversation, and I hope honest exchanges about the subjects and their feelings. Now, in addition to the app, you've got a private Facebook group for participants. What kind of activity do you hope to encourage there in discussing these topics? You know, we believe in civil discourse. And as you just said, these are very heavy topics. We're not trying to change people's minds in terms of saying this is for you or this is not for you. But we do believe that we all have a responsibility to understand the facts. We all have a responsibility to be able to have conversation and meet somewhere in the middle because we care about each other. So it is more to educate in the Facebook space, as well as other platforms that we're going to create during the challenge, is to be able to have that civil discourse, to share other articles, to share other things that may come up that are not specifically on the app, and to allow us to discuss points and to allow you to share how different pieces of information have impacted you, your stories, but to have a place to dialogue with others. You may also have a group that you have set up separately, but if not, this is a place that you can come and speak that will be managed. And we will expect that there will be some rules of decorum of how we're going to show up and share our views and not attack each other. Yes. But it will allow us to share. Exactly. It will allow us to share. So we want everyone to come to the table because regardless of what, we need to understand these issues. Yeah. And and I love how you talk about sharing stories. Because there are so many misperceptions or old perceptions that people have about others. And I've been finding that people don't even know they have those perceptions in a lot of cases. Mm -hmm. So how do you bring those to the forefront and kind of whittle away at them? And whether it's a white person's perception about people of color or a person of color's perception about white people. I think the most beautiful thing and this is a cornerstone of the challenge, by the way, is that we have well-curated, accurate, factual information that is shared throughout the challenge. So we start with the issue. We don't start with feelings. We start with the issue and we start with unpacking the facts about it so that people can challenge their own thoughts, feelings, pre-existing emotions. And all of us bring that. Every single one of us bring that to the table with us. And I think when we find common ground, regardless of what the topic is, If we all agree that we want kids who live in every neighborhood to have the same high level access to education, right? We can all agree to that. I certainly hope so. Yeah. Right. We can all agree to that. But when we take it to a political place, when we take it to a place of wealth and non-wealth, there are a lot of emotions that come into play when people strip it all back and go back to the basics, what we believe in about humanity, what we want for each other and find common ground there and put facts around it and allow ourselves to be challenged by those facts. I think that's where the civil discourse begins. It just makes me think about all of the controversy over critical race theory, which to Mm -hmm. me is a phrase that needs to be relabeled as education. It's just history. Mm -hmm. It's not theory. It's not critical. It's it's critical to learn it, but we're talking about facts and history of things that happened in America. And I don't understand why <laughs> people have such a problem with it. But part of it, I believe, is labeling it with that. And part title. of it is with the label and with titles. These are triggering words mm-hmm. that turn us off immediately. 
And a lot of people who do or don't believe in critical race theory can't articulate what it is. A lot of people who do or don't believe in reproductive justice have their feelings about it, but can we really articulate what it is? So this is why we have to come to the table. This is why we have to create space to learn, because then you can make informed decisions. Then, even if you don't change your mind, I bet you're going to treat your neighbor a little differently. That would be a great outcome. I know you have a lot of groups participating. You've got corporate teams that sign up. I think you had almost 150 last year and over Mm -hmm. a thousand participants. And undoubtedly, you know, the Facebook page will be moderated, but in personal engagements, there will surely be some angst, (laughs) some conflict. Can you recommend how participants can deal with a situation where someone becomes resistant to the information that's being provided? Well, before groups get started, one of the things that we definitely do is we kind of prep you. You know, this is going to be a bit uncomfortable. Here are some tips that you can follow. For corporate groups, as well as other groups, we do ask that they choose a team lead. We also help them to put some team rules in place to create safe spaces to share. And we coach those team leads, however they need coaching, to be able to manage the groups and to be able to create that safe space. These are uncomfortable situations. And if it is comfortable, we've probably created something more monolithic than we want to have. Mm. So we really want folks to understand how to listen actively, how to respect what they hear, how to maybe step away, deal with it, sit with it for a moment, and maybe in a private moment, bring back their feelings and talk those things through. And we, you know, a lot of companies have been doing a lot of work internally to be ready for these kinds of conversations and not to shy away from them anymore. So we also help them to connect to the internal resources of their own companies, because much of this is built into as part and parcel of a collective opportunity that companies use as part of their DE&I response. Right. So we want them to have this be a part of that, not live separately. And even as you mentioned some of the things that we can expect to happen and how to deal with them, that alone seems to be a benefit of participating in a group or as a workplace team. And are there other benefits that you've seen in the groups and organizations that have participated in the past? Have they told you about significant changes? I think some of the things we've heard is we've never had this kind of dialogue before. I love that we're finally feeling safe to have this kind of dialogue. My boss was vulnerable and I didn't, I've never seen that side of them. I now know that my place of work values me and that my story is relevant to them. I've heard personal stories of people who have shared, because you could share the pieces, you could share the articles, you could share the podcast, who were intentional about sharing things that move them. And it changed the dialogue at their dining table. Mm. It changed the dialogue with a best friend. One person told me that it changed the dialogue with her father, who had always been on the opposite side of the equity conversation. And it opened his eyes so much that he decided to sit with her and say, I see what you mean. Wow. And I, I, I was in tears. I see what you mean. I don't get it all, but I'm listening now. That's huge. I mean, that, that, I've that got the chills. That is huge. Yeah. That is huge. So um, yes, many, many stories. And we've shared some of these stories on our website because we've collected a lot of the testimonials over the years. And in the years coming, what kind of lasting change do you hope to see from this 21-day challenge? 
I got to tell you, my big North Star is that this rising tide does, in fact, brace all ships or boats, whichever you choose to use, and that South Florida continues to become one of the most inclusive and equitable places to live. That's my big North Star, that as a community, we can say we have a common voice, a common understanding. We continue to see it as our responsibility. And because of that, we address issues of inclusivity and issues of equitable societies together. For those who find themselves really compelled, really touched by this process and want to become more active in creating change, what other programs do you have throughout the year or opportunities for people to continue moving this mission forward? Thank you. So throughout the challenge, first of all, around each issue, you'll have an action item. So you'll have an opportunity if something really touches you and that's the issue that you care about to activate that um, feeling, to activate that need. So throughout the challenge, you'll have that today and throughout the challenge. And at the end, you can also become a YWCA justice mover. That allows you to kind of plug into our network of information, activities, and activation. So you will get ongoing information about what YWCA is doing, but also ongoing education opportunities to continue to build your equity muscle. You can get involved with volunteerism. We will also connect you to other things that are happening within your community. And you can also volunteer if you want to really deep dive into doing your part or doing something that makes you feel that you're making a difference. You could do things in a classroom. You could do things in mentoring, you know, women in new to business. You can do things with teenagers who are learning about their global. We have a global education program. You could be a part of that. There are many ways within YWCA and within South Florida that you can activate. Becoming a justice mover really helps you to unlock the information pipeline that will connect you. I love that concept of building your equity muscle. How does someone sign up for this challenge and work on that equity muscle? Let's get it in shape. Let's get it in shape. You can go to any of our social media sites at YWCA South FL. That's Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. You can join us and follow us and sign up there. Or you could go directly to our website at YWCASouthFlorida.org. That's YWCA, spell, all spelled out, SouthFlorida.org. And you know what? If you like Equity Muscle, I want to say this challenge is a part of building our herd immunity yes. as a community. Yes. Immunity each of to us do injustice. Our part, yes. It's an immunity building to injustice. Absolutely. Each of us do our part. We push out the opportunities for injustice to be rooted and to spread. That's what we're doing. You're not asking for a lot of time, but you are asking for a lot of thought and a lot of heart. It starts tomorrow. Can you sign up anytime throughout the process? Registration has been open since March. And if you have not registered, we want you to start at the very beginning. We'd love for you to start at the very beginning, but it will continue to be open throughout the process. So if you want to come in week two or come in week three, All of the information for the previous days will live on the app. So if you wanted to catch up, you could. Do you need any kind of volunteers to provide support or information during this process? We always need volunteers, but specific to this challenge, if you would love to host a group, if you want to create a group, either in any of your affinity spaces, we would love for you to step forward and say, I would love to volunteer to be my team lead. 
And to create a group, it could be in any affinity of your friends, of your peers, of your book club, at your workplace, wherever you would like. We would love to have more team leads create groups. And again, for that, the website is where you go? The website. And you have all the links there and the information. If you would like to create a group, the website will help you to navigate that and reach us to get that done. All right. It's YWCASouthFlorida.org. Stand Against Racism, a 21-day learning opportunity and challenge starting tomorrow, April 4th. Please join us all. Let's do this together. And that is how we create change. Carrie Ann Royce, you're an incredible inspiration as president and CEO of YWCA South Florida. And thank you for sharing your wisdom, your heart, and your passion for making South Florida a giant community of one heart. Oh, Ellen, thank you so much for always creating space for us to have these dialogues and conversations. You're wonderful. Thank you. We have a growing population of people living with autism, and they need to be educated the same as other children do. So we are very fortunate to have a Title I school dedicated to children with autism. It's South Florida Autism Charter School in Hialeah, a Title I public charter school. And I could not be more honored to have the founder and principal, Dr. Tamara Moody, with us today. Welcome. Thank you. Good morning. I'm so happy to be here, especially now this month. April is Autism Awareness Month, and we at South Florida Autism Charter School is going to be doing a whole lot of things just to celebrate our student and just to bring the community together and let them know that we're here. So thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to talk about it. I know you do have a lot going on, and we are going to talk about your big walk and safety fair that you do every year and some of the other community programs you provide for both students and parents. But tell us first, you have an amazing background. When I saw, I speak to the folks at Albisu University quite a lot. And to have a graduate here with both your bachelor's and master's from Albisu is exciting. And it's exciting that you've taken that knowledge and brought it right home into Hialeah. But you're also open for students in Broward County. Is that correct? Yes, we are fortunate enough that our charter accepts students both in Dade and Broward. To be honest, I commend the parents who make the sacrifice. We have students coming as far south as Homestead, and we're on the north end in Hialeah. We have families coming as far north as Deerfield Beach, Aventura, uh, Miami Beach, South Beach. You know, our parents, they're in their car for two hours just to get their kids to school on a daily basis. Which speaks to how effective your school is, because parents don't do that unless they're seeing results with their children with autism. Is autism considered being on the spectrum? So it's autism spectrum disorder. Spectrum meaning that our kids are different. I love to tell our parents that there's no two kids that's alike. They're like snowflakes. And to be honest, when we started the school, we started the school for more involved students, students who may have a hard time walking, talking, socializing, have difficulties with communication and have behavioral issues. 
and have difficulties with just self-care. Our kids have done amazing that we can say that over 90% of our students have made great improvement in all those different areas. Kids who came to us not speaking, they're now speaking and may not be with spoken words, but they could use an augmentative device or they could use like some form of voice output or text or sign language. Text meaning like picture exchange system. And that's how they communicate their needs and want. And I believe that's why a lot of our parents have made those differences because they've seen those improvements. I don't like to say our kids are all low or they're all high. Again, we have the spectrum. We have all the different kids. And if you ask any of my students, they'll tell you that's what they love about our school. They look around and they see kids who share some of the same traits, kids who may be doing a little bit better than them or maybe doing a little bit less than them, but they're all treated the same way. Now, to what do you credit your success rate and this incredible improvement with the children? No, I credit my success rate for the board members. My board members believe in this dream that I wanted to have one center, one hope, one community, my one-stop shop. I wanted to have a place that all of our students will be treated equally. And not just my board members, because all my board members have children in our school or our center, because we have a center program as well. But I have the most amazing teachers. These are dedicated people who've been working with me for 15, 16, 17 plus years from when I was a principal in a private school and the parents, the sacrifices that the parents make, the involvement. They're super involved in what we do. And I do over 40 trainings every year and parents attend these trainings and they learn what their kids are doing in school so that they're able to generalize the same thing at home. And I believe that is the reason why our kids are so good. And for me, one of the things that I wanted to do is to promote the same, meaning like if the neurotypical child at home is doing something, I believe that our kids at SFAC should be doing the same thing too. So that's why we have our prom. We just got back from Disney before spring break. We took over 60 kids to Disney. You know, our kids have homecoming. We have field day. We have a dance. We're doing our very first spelling bee in the next couple of weeks. How exciting. You know, we do, and yeah. you know what? Not every child is going to talk for the spelling bee. Some kids are going to write it. Some kids are going to use like a magnet board and spell the words out. So for me, giving them this opportunity is just why we're so successful and people can see their kids making progress. And you're treating them like regular, I don't know, no, not the word regular. You're you're treating them like (laughs) neurotypical children. You're treating them as if there is no handicap, no disability, as if they are just like everyone else. Yeah, I I was looking at your website and, you know, I see there's student programs, a media club, dance club, a newspaper club, a chess club. And this is same as any other school. And I think not what's expected from a school specifically for people with autism. So that really does set you apart. It set us apart and the kids know, you know, this year was the first year we actually got class ring and I'm actually going to do a ring ceremony for the kids. And I am like a kid in a candy store. I'm just so excited for them to get their class ring because this is important. It is. And I can hear the excitement. And, you know, you have a phrase that you associate with the school called a brighter day for autism. And you exude that. That's a direct (laughs) reflection of you and your love of teaching and seeing the progress. What is your goal when a child comes to your school at whatever grade they're coming in? By the time they leave, what do you want to see happen? So for me, independence. 
you know, I say this to parents and sometimes parents take it the wrong way, but I am going to repeat it. And I hope that no one's listening to the program take it the wrong way. But I believe that we're not here forever, right? The pandemic has taught us that we don't know what tomorrow holds. So for me, it's given our kids the ability to take care of themselves. That if tomorrow we're not here, because we want to outlive our kids, right? Parents with children with autism, they want to outlive their kids. But what if we don't? If we don't, we need to prepare them for when we're no longer around. And this is why it's so important for me to teach our kids independence. Make a sandwich, dress yourself, clean yourself. Advocate for yourself, you know, make people know you're here, you're not going away, and you just want to be treated equally. You want to be acknowledged. You don't want people whispering about you. You want them to know you're not deaf. I hear you. Just show me how. And for me, that's what we're doing at SFAC. So we have four entities. We have South Florida Autism Charter School. We're a kindergarten through 12th grade, and we get to keep our student until they're 22. But we also have a center, and this is why this month is so important to get our center name out there and the fundraiser that we're having in a week for them to know that we're around the center. We're going to have a child care program, a therapy clinic out-of-school services, aftercare, summer camp, winter camp, spring camp, a family fitness. We're also going to have a pool. We're going to be focusing on mental health services. For me, it doesn't matter if I'm working with my students and we're teaching them one plus one equals two. If the parents are not emotionally supported and if they're not mentally, if we're not there for them to help them with any kind of issues that they may be having. So we're going to be focusing on mental health. We recently just hired a social worker to help me develop that program. And we're going to be doing community outreach. We're going to be doing respite programs to help our families. And that's all going to be focusing in our center building. It's a three-story building that we're going to be building on our campus. Next two weeks, I'm going to be going to Texas because I'm going to be looking at facilities that does residential because my goal also is to have a residential program for our kids. You know, some of these kids have been with me for 18 plus years. And I just feel like we need to have a wraparound program. If you come to us at five and you're not able to exit our program and you end up staying with me, what's next? Our adult program for 22 and older. What's next? Our residential program. That parents could feel that there's people who they trust, people that they know, Because we're a family, you know, we've all been together for so long and folks don't usually leave us. If they do leave, it's because they're moving to a different state or if their kids have done so well that they're mainstreaming back into a general population. But, um, you know, for me, the best success is to see one of my students being able to take care of themselves. Yeah. When you mentioned that for a parent of a child with autism, they want to outlive their child. I had never thought about that, and I understand completely why, because of the concern of how will they take care of themselves. And usually people think of it the other way, that no, uh, the children should always outlive the parents. So it's a completely different paradigm, and the fact that you recognize that and teach toward that and engage the parents toward that is also very special and extraordinary, really, the way that you engage the parents and do these community outreach events for them and not just encourage them, but require them to be part of their children's education. Now, I know you get funding from the state because you are a public school, but 
with your dreams and your goals, which are obviously <laughs> limitless, there is some fundraising required. And next Saturday, one of your biggest days, and it's your 10th annual SFAX Walk and Safety Fair. Tell me about the autism walk, the shoe drive donations, and the safety fair that'll be going on. So April 9th, Saturday, April 9th at 10 o'clock, we're doing our 10th annual autism walk and safety fair. Also, we're doing a shoe drive on the same day, so we're doing a whole lot of things. At the safety walk, we're going to have bounce house, face painting, food, giveaway. We actually have the Miami Heat dancers and the mascot that's going to be here. So go Heat! And we're going to have our Sunray dancers and our basketball team. We have our kids that's going to be playing basketball as well. Our students are going to be performing. And I, I won't leave without saying a big thank you to the new mayor of Hialeah. He came for a tour. He fell in love. And he's also going to be a guest speaker at the walk, as well as our new superintendent is also going to be in attendance at our walk. Wow. We're closing down Hialeah and we're walking. We got the DMV to come. They're doing special cards for our students. So if a parent is listening and their child doesn't attend our school, you can bring your child and they can get an ID that has D for development. And all they have to do is to call our school at 305-823-2700. And we let you know the paperwork that you have to bring. 305-823-2700. So thank you so much for the DMV for being here. We have UM Card. Dr. Alexandria is sending his folks and they're going to be signing parents up for UM Card. We have the Nova Dental students that's going to be here. We have the Autism Puzzle Piece from Miami-Dade County. Public School Autism Car will be here. North Miami Beach. They're also bringing their puzzle car. Highly a fire rescue. They're going to have their fire truck and the ambulance that's going to be here as well. It's just, it's going to be fun, 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 fun. We have a sensory area for our kids. You don't have to attend our school to be there. Just come and we're just going to bring awareness about autism. I mean, when I got in the field, it was like one in every like thousand, right? Now it's one in every 44. Wow. You know, that's like an amazing, that's a crazy number, you know? So we're going to be talking about that and we're going to be sharing our success with the community. And I'm just so happy that the mayor of Hialeah will be here and our superintendent will be here. And we're also going to be doing a shoe drive. We're collecting shoes that's going to be going to third world countries to help them. And, you know, we get a lot, so we want to give back. So this is why the shoe drive that my PTSO will be doing is so important. We have different kids from different schools that's going to be coming to donating from Somerset Academy, American Heritage. We have all these matter schools that's coming to support our walk. And I'm, I'm just very, very happy for all these partnerships that we are forming. Okay. Are there particular kinds of shoes that you're looking for? All kind of shoes, baby shoes, sneakers, adult shoes, just any shoes that, you know, someone else will gladly take and wear if you're not. If you haven't worn it a year, you can donate it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> we will pick it up. If you tell us where we will drive and we will pick up the shoes, but we will be collecting the shoes at our walk on the 9th. Guys, autism, it's for me, this is my passion. And I've seen the success that our kids have made. And I just want to share this with our community. I have a bunch of my board members that's going to be there as well. 
and you're going to see our kids and you're going to see them walking and talking and interacting and just being themselves. So if you have a child with autism and you feel like, well, I can't take him anywhere because he's going to have behaviors. This is a place to come and let them have fun because all my teachers are ABA trained and I have a hundred teachers that's going to be there to help you. It's going to be a place that they can feel comfortable just being themselves. And the public is invited to join. Is there a fee to participate in the walk? There is no fee at all. Just come and have fun. And if you're from the Caribbean, if you're from the Caribbean, we have coconut, we have cane, we have mango. (laughs) Oh my goodness. (laughs) And we're going to have music and it's just going to be a fun, fun time. Listen, if you're there, it's got to be fun because your energy alone (laughs) just lights up the room. It's going to be at the Hialeah campus. It's going to be at our Hialeah campus. And we're at 3751 West 108th Street, Hialeah, Florida, 33018. And if you want more information, feel free to go on our website at www.sfacs.org. Or again, you can call us at 305-823-2700. You can follow us on our social media. If you Google autism, we're one of the first schools that comes up. And folks, we're so excited to share this day with our families who have children or adults on the spectrum. Because it's going to be a party. It's a block party to celebrate our differences, to show how unique we are, to show that we're here and we just want to be acknowledging our kids just want to be treated like you would treat your neurotypical child with respect and dignity. There's so much talk about inclusivity. And if this is not the definition of inclusivity, I don't know what is. So please put it on your calendar, put it in your smartphone, wherever you prefer to market. But the most <laughs> important thing, April 9th, the school in Hialeah, address 3751 West 108th Street. And all the information is right on the website. Website if you also want to look for information about the school, if you have a child you'd like to enroll or an adult who needs assistance, call for information 305-823-2700 or visit sfacs.org, South Florida Autism Charter School. Dr. Tamara Moody, founder and principal, you are just amazing what you've done and what you continue to do. Thank you so very much. No, thank you so much for having me again, guys. April is Autism Awareness Month. Light it up blue. If you see someone, let's do something kind for someone that may look different. That doesn't mean that they don't have feelings. Beautiful thing you're doing for our community. Very much appreciated. Thank you. And thank you for listening to Community Focus this morning. If you have questions about the program or would like to suggest a topic, please feel free to email me at ellen.jaffe, J-A-2-F-1-E, at cmg.com. Join us again next Sunday for a new edition of Community Focus. Have a great day. You've worked hard for what you have. Your money, your assets, your 401k and home. Isn't it all worth protecting? Nearly one in four consumers have been a victim of identity theft. LifeLock Ultimate Plus helps protect your finances with up to $3 million in reimbursement. LifeLock alerts you to identity threats you might miss. And if your identity is stolen, your dedicated U.S.-based restoration specialist will work to fix it. Let LifeLock help protect what you've worked so hard for. Save 25% off your first year on LifeLock Ultimate Plus at LifeLock.com aware. Terms apply.